Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Heath Calhoun, the Clarion Diving Coach and co-host for the Diving Pod. And I'm Ben Moldoff. I'm Aaron Rooney. And I'm Dylan Reed. Um, so getting right into it uh, with some of the um, sponsors, Sideline Scout. Uh, the podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout. Make sure you use the Linktree account in the Diving Pod Instagram bio or go through the website, thedivingpod.com. Sideline Scout is the best in the business with cool side live and all that good stuff. Video replay, easy controls, great video quality, video clipping feature. So you can check out some of your dives later, not just in the moment. Um, and also check out Diving 101, episode two of the podcast. If you're not familiar with the diving numbers, the terminology, there's been great feedback from that episode. It's been very uh, beneficial for parents and others um, that are new to the sport, just kind of catching up on that and understanding a little bit of the conversation here and there. And the second sponsor is Crossbar. Um, they were nice enough to set Heath and Aaron up with the website. Um, Heath has talked about how awesome they've been to work with, um, their great customer service, um, the interface and all that good stuff. Um, head over to divingpod.com and check it out. Um, there's some interesting articles written, um, written by Aaron and Dylan, um, as well as a couple of others. Um, so be sure to check those out. Yeah, so just to explain a little bit of what's happening, we did in the last episode for Aaron's, if uh, anyone didn't listen to that one, um, Ben and I thought that it'd be good to interview Heath and uh, Aaron and kind of give them the treatment that they've been giving other people um, and kind of just let the diving community know who they are um, and hear from them. So to kick it off, uh, Heath, give us a book, movie, and TV show recommendation. All right, book. I've talked to you about this one, Dylan. Is uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. It's it's really really good just for leadership. Um, there's a lot of parallels between like being a person. It's from a military perspective, but it's really really good. I think it's awesome. Uh, TV show. I've been real big on Reacher lately on on Amazon Prime. Been watching um, Dexter. I'm rewatching that one, and uh, try to think of one more for you. I mean, the old school jackass, old school jackass. Are you one of those people that watches like multiple things at once and just bounces between? So I will, uh, I'll be like watching a show myself okay. when my wife is like sleeping and then my wife and I are watching Reacher together and, yeah. uh, and that's what we're doing. And then movies, uh, I'm going to try to not copy any of Rooney's answers, but I do like top. I like the original top gun more than I like top gun Maverick. Um, any of the jackass movies are always good to go to. Um, trying to think if there's like one other one that I really like. It's just a good movie. No, nah, we'll just stick with those for now. Those are what I, I mean. I love movies, so like that's something you don't know a whole lot, but Aaron knows. Like I just have too many movies here at my house. So yep, that's what I go with. The old school disc movies. <laughs> yeah, like I call yeah, them DVDs, buddy. Yeah, dude, check <laughs> okay, this out. DVDs. Ready? Sorry. So there's <laughs> there's some. He literally has bookshelves full of movies at his house. Oh, I've never God. seen anyone with a bigger movie That's actual actually physical fun. library. I've I've actually started digitizing it. I just figured out how to like get it digitized to my Vudu account. So I literally have like close to a thousand movies on my Vudu account, and then I'm gonna have a little yard sale and sell these DVDs for like two bucks. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> everyone in Clarion, right? Oh yeah, yeah, all five, all five people. <laughs> yeah exactly i'll wait until the college kids are in town they're gonna be like what are these things right here like why are these cds <laughs> yeah 
What is All a right, keeping with the the rapid fire questions? Uh, favorite food, favorite music, and a fun fact that someone might not know. Uh, my favorite food, if I'm cooking it for myself, is like steak. But if it's not that, it's definitely like my mom's lasagna. Like that's my go-to. Like if I had to have one meal, my mom's lasagna. Um, music, I'm like pretty go with the flow. I think I'm like a very seasonal music listener. Like in the summertime, I can jam out to some country the whole time. Um, but honestly, I like find my way back to like. 90s early 2000s like punk emo rock like my chemical romance and stuff like that um and then fun fact i have two one dylan knows and that is uh i freaking and aaron knows this too i love pokemon like Mm -hmm. i will play pokemon go i have a nintendo switch that i'm always playing pokemon on and the other one this is just a fun story that you will both laugh at i think aaron has heard this one i um have hit a wanted felon with my car and they're, Did you get they're a reward? no i wish i would have thought to ask that their name here's the crazy part my name is heath nicholas calhoun oh, their no. name was nicholas heath that's like that's a glitch in the matrix right there that's yeah not dude <laughs> like this person ran across a four-lane highway i clipped them with like the left front fender of my car and the cops end up coming and they're like, hey, do you want a job? And I'm like, no, I just want to not get in trouble for hitting a human being with my car. <laughs> and the, and, the cop, and this guy is like handcuffed to a gurney in the ambulance. I'm like, what is going on? He's like, no, you just hit like he's wanted. And I'm like, for what? He's like assault burglary. And I'm like, this is crazy. So he's like, no, you could have hit him and killed him. And we just would have measured the skid marks. And I'm like, that's wild. So that yeah, is wild. That's, that's a fun fact. So they didn't offer know. you anything but a job. No, I didn't think of anything. And so then I just became this ongoing joke in my family that I'm like Batman. <laughs> yeah, All right, Batman. I haven't done that. Yeah. Take us through your diving journey through college. How'd you get uh, into diving in the first place up to graduating? What'd you study? Um, and walk through what you also studied in your master's and just completed. All right. So um, I started in ninth grade, kind of like Rooney started a little bit late. I think it's late. Um and just because I did not want to do indoor track in the spring, in the winter session, I did football and track and I really loved football and I pole vaulted in track. And my mom's like, Hey, you like doing flips on a trampoline, go try diving. Um, yeah, it was on the first podcast where Rooney and I kind of interviewed each other, but I got super lucky that I walked in. I had a three-time national champion for D2 from Clarion as a high school coach with Ken Bedford. Um, and pursued that. I dove with Julian and Doe Krug through Pit Aquatics Club, which was a super big blessing. That started going into my sophomore year of high school. Um, just kind of stuck with it. I was fortunate. I got recruited by a couple schools. Uh, and my decision came down to Louisville and Clarion. And I ended up picking Louisville first. And I still tell the Clarion diving coach, it's because my visit here was the worst visit I had out of all of them. Because they took me and we carved pumpkins. <laughs> and like I, i'm like not at this keep in mind like this point in my life like i'm not a partier like i don't think i had one sip of alcohol at that point in my life and i had four recruit trips i will not say where the other two were but the two finalists louisville and clarion were the only two that i did not drink on they were like we have a hard line rule about this but i like college football and college sports and louisville takes you to like a football game and you hang out with the team the whole time and at clarion i carve pumpkins and so i was like that visit sucked um and then I just loved the team at Louisville, loved the coach, uh, chose to go there, uh, made it through my 
Well, I was going through my first semester and like I, I said it before numerous times, like I was a very average at best student, like B's and C's were awesome for me. And I just knew like I knew early on it, I was not going to survive at Louisville for my grades. And I also was pretty realistic that I'm there to get a degree like I'm not I wasn't going to going to go to the Olympic trials or anything like that. So I'm like, I better get this figured out. And then we dove against Tennessee, which at the time had Ryan Helms. Uh, Brett Ster- Sterling, I think was his name, and then Michael Wright. And I vividly remember this meet. It was my first college meet, and on one meter, I dove right after Michael Wright. And I remember looking at him and saying, hey, can you please just do your dives for like seven, seven and a half so it doesn't make me look too bad? And he just looked at me and stared at me like I was a little kid. And like, I mean, you guys have met Mike. He's huge. Like, he's just this mo- – yeah, he looks like he should play like – linebacker for Tennessee not be a diver but um so and we just got our butts kicked like our team was young pretty inexperienced at the time and the coach just like the mentality from the coach just flipped like it was very laid back had fun at practice to like it was like got really intense and I'm like I I don't like diving this much and so um I transferred to Clarion where the coach was super cool I I pretty much you know reached out to my high school coach I'm like hey need to transfer um long story short at rovat was like all right you have like one week to turn in your application and um so i turned my application in got accepted transferred it the semester and just dove for six months doing nothing and uh just basics and then finished out my career at clarion um i got my degree my first degree my undergrad in rehab science with a concentration in substance abuse um, for drug and alcohol counseling and then after finishing um, my diving career, I went to coach at a small D3 school, Westminster College, just in Western PA, um, who they're, I mean, to be quite blunt, like they had no history of diving. Their diving teams were terrible. Um, and I pretty much asked, I just listened to my college coach. He's like, go coach at Westminster. And I was like, why? He's like, because you'll figure out if you can be a good coach or at least an okay coach really quick. If you can't make that team better, coaching's not for you. And I'm like, all right, that's fair. Um, Classic robot. Oh yeah. Like he's like, if you can't make that team better, you're not meant to be a coach. And I'm like, all right, fair enough. Um, while there I got a master's in mental health counseling. Um, and then I just fell in love with coaching. Like I fell in love with trying to figure out like how to help each kid differently. Um, end up getting like, what is my dream job here at Clarion? And then I decided to go back to school one more time, which is what Dylan mentioned. I just finished up my second master's in uh, December in sports psychology and performance enhancement, which was pretty cool. So, that, I mean, those are what my degrees are in. Um, honestly, the the coolest part of how did I get into them, kind of that part you have in the question, is I actually got super, super ingrained in sports psych when I had an athlete um, hit the board. Um, she hit the board, like she had really great inwards and she just got really over the top on one. And it was like something we hadn't seen and had an accident. And so for literally, like, I would tell you two months, I probably read 10 to 12 sports psych books. I talked to Ben, actually, we were down in West Virginia. Um, shortly after that, talked to Ben and Wes from, uh, NC state about it. And they gave me really good advice. They're like, at times you just have to like, accept accidents happen and move forward but it encouraged me and kind of motivated me to go learn more about how to help the athletes and um so that kind of got me back into it and i'm really grateful to be done and i think rooney is also grateful i'm done with it yeah that's a fact but i also had a little follow-up so Keith and i have obviously been friends ever since competing against each other but uh i'm kind of one to do just crazy stuff on a whim 
he's called me before and been like, Hey, I got a golf tournament. You want to come out and I'll just like get on a plane and go. But uh, when he was in the process of interviewing for the clarion job, I kind of had this idea in the back of my head. And, and I, I think I've told you about this Heath, but mm-hmm. I thought about applying just yeah. so that I could go out there and then sit in front of this meeting and just say, guys, Heath Calhoun is your guy and he's my guy too. So if you don't hire him, I am just going to be so upset. I didn't actually pull that trigger. I didn't actually go, <laughs> That's but I seriously thought about, you know, flying all the way out there just to say, Hey, this is your guy. That's a real friend. Yeah. That would have been, I've, that's some stepbrother stuff right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So kind of staying on that topic and you, you kind of talked about how Westminster didn't have this big history, um, but Clarion does. Yeah. Um, so yeah. what's it like coaching at a school with that big of a legacy? Um, do you feel pressure as being, I think it's the third coach in Clarion's yeah. history? Um, that's yeah i mean trying to tie it into current football stuff like following nick saban or following bill belichick like you're following dave robat how's that feel yeah honestly so i i don't feel pressure is not the right word i i read all these questions in advance and that's the one i actually had the most trouble like thinking of how to answer like pressure is not the right word like the only word i kept coming up with is like empowered like when i got that coaching job like it was always my dream job and, you know, Don Lee's had such an incredible run. I think he had 25 national champions or 30, something, something around there, you know, 200 plus all American, just great. The D2 program. Then you get Rovat who comes in and uh, he has like 50 national champions, like been coach of the year, however many times, like they should just name the award after him. But um no, I think I Rovat always told me, like, as I kept saying, this is my dream job and working towards it. He's like, just remember, like, you don't don't you don't have to do it my way. Like his way worked because he came in in the late early 90s all the way up through, you know, 2021. Um, I think what it's like coaching here, it, it's fun. Like, it is really fun. Like, you know, I know what my expectations are from my administrators, from the campus, from my head coach, from from the alumni honestly if there's one group i feel the most pressure to like make proud and happy it's the alumni like because i am an alumni and like and i would always watch nationals and see and see um you know like how the kids do and it's like even when i'm gone it's like i want to see them do well so i think i feel the most pressure to make the alumni proud but at the end of the day it's also fun because it's like you get to teach the athletes that are in the program about that history and you can see some of the athletes that like come around to it and they really start to buy into it. And that's the fun part. Um, you know, that Rovat kind of told me this story of uh, when he got the job, someone asked him that in his first staff meeting, uh, his first staff meeting, someone's like, you got some pretty big shoes to fill with Don Lee's. And I mean, Ben knows this Ro- and Rooney knows this Rovat always wore flip-flops. So apparently allegedly in the meeting, he kicked his flip-flops off, put his feet up on the, desk and said good thing i got some pretty big feet and that like that's what he did in the meeting and i'm like yeah i'm not gonna do that um and then i kind of just always go back to uh my head swim coach was super supportive at westminster he knew it was my dream job when it came open i said i don't care where we're at like i'm applying that was the only job i would have left for and uh he gave me a card and i actually keep it at my office and every now and then like if i ever like have a moment of like ah like reflection and like doubt he wrote, he goes, just remember they hired you to be Heath Calhoun, not Dave Rovat. And I'm like, that's a really good piece of advice for coaches to remember or athletes. Like, you know, like Dylan Reed, you're not the next Dom Giordano, you're Dylan Reed. You know, like, it's like, you got to do it your way. Uh, I think and that's I, huge. Yeah. And I mean, 
And we talk about that with the kids. Like there's some stuff we do that works. I mean, Rovat, one of the practices the kids hate, they hate it is we rotate. So like, they'll go like one meter, one meter, three meter, three meter. And it's like, we'll go Vols. And it's like, they hate it. They hate it. No, but, Colleen should be used to that. We meant her to do that. Yeah. Like she's like, Colleen, just a machine. She'll just do whatever. Like Colleen is one of the funniest athletes to coach because she will do everything I say. But the second I say, Hey, you're good. She will run out of the building. So I don't change my mind. <laughs> and so, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it's fun to take some of that old school approach with maybe a new twist on it. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, it's fun get to, to get to be a part of the program now as a coach and see kind of the behind the scenes. And there's still moments where I'll call Rovat and be like, dude, you should be grateful. You're not coaching. I had to deal with this today. And he's like, yeah, that's why I'm not coaching anymore. <laughs> Nice. Um, so what do you love most about coaching? What is your why? Kind of touch on your strengths and weaknesses. And then also add in there with your um, sports psychology uh, masters, how has that changed your coaching or increased it or stuff like that? Yeah, good question. So what do I love? What do I love most about coaching? I love that the athletes with my primary role in coaching, I love that the athletes I'm always going to coach are going to be 17 to 22, 23 years old. And like, I'm going to keep getting older and I'm going to watch like how generations change for that gap. And I get to hopefully have a positive impact on that. Um, you know, I think it's a little different than when I, I did coach high school a little bit a while back, but it's just different. Like you get to see them genuinely come in as like kids slash young adults and they're leaving is hopefully a pretty darn close to finished product that's ready to go into the real world. And that's like, I don't take that lightly because that's a lot of responsibility. Like Ben, you know what that's like as a coach, like you're watching them from six to 18, which is wild. Um, and you just see those changes and you hope you're just a positive influence. Like I, I, um, I like to reference things as like a book, like I have a book, right. And, and someone, it's a quote from somewhere. It's like, you're not the main character in everybody's story. And I'm like, it's cool that I get to be part of a chapter or two as like a side character that's hopefully like a guiding presence. So I think that's kind of my why and what I love most. Um, strengths, I do think a big strength for me is I'm I'm really good. And like you text me every now and then about this, Dylan, where I'm really good at treating everybody different in terms of like what they need. Um, you know, like some of my kids need a big kick in the butt. Some need a hug from time to time, like need a pat on the back, whatever it may be like pushed. And it's like, Knowing that, knowing how to figure out what makes them tick, I think that's something every coach has to get better at constantly because every kid is so different and it's so hard at times because the most frustrating in Ben Ben and Aaron, and you'll get this too, Dylan, is like what works one meet might not even ever work again at another meet. And it's like, what the heck? You had your best meet when we did this. Why is it not working? Um, so I think that's my strength um, and just my willingness to learn. Like, that's definitely as I sit here and like, like reflect, like pretty much all along the way, it's like, I've always been willing to go back and learn. And that's been like a strength of mine. I think weakness, I would just tell you, I always catch myself when it's my athletes. Sometimes I'll speak in terms of like, I think this is the move. I think this is the next thing we need to work on. And I have found that when I'm not coaching my athletes and I speak definitively of do this, do this, the kids make a little bit more progress a little quicker. Cause I don't think there's that questioning. So I think there's moments. It's not so much that I question everything. It's, it's almost like my willingness to learn and my willingness to be wrong can hinder me at times because 
I, I always tell them like, I don't have all the answers. Like I'll text Ben, I'll text you guys and say, Hey, I need help with this or something. Um, but I think at times it's like, Hey, like being confident with what you say when you know it's the right move. Um, right. It sounds like you're a lot like me where you're not necessarily afraid to fail. Oh yeah. You take it very personally when you do fail. Yeah. Like, what could I have done differently? Um, could I have well, done X, Y, or Z and had a different result? Yeah. And I think, I, th- I think it's a strength and I I've let a few, like most of my athletes know this because at college athletes aren't dumb. I mean, I got a couple on my team that might fall into that have category at times, <laughs> but I always have this thing where like, if we go to a meet an important meet that they want to perform well and they don't, I will just say, Hey, it's my fault. I didn't prepare you well enough. It might not be my fault. Like the kids might've just messed up. Like stuff happens, but like you watch the ability to like take the, the failure on you as a coach and it uplifts the athlete to being like, Oh, all right. Like they said, they got to do a better job with me. I'm going to keep working hard and keep doing this. But yeah, like, I think like you said, like you just take it personal when you can't figure it out. You take it personal when it's like, dang, why can't I make this next step? But it's also, I mean, Ben, you're the same way. Like the humility level you have in terms of like, Hey, if you know, if Dylan's got a correction, that's going to help Johnny on the pool deck. Hey, Dylan, throw this correction at him. If it works, you don't care how they get it. You just care that they get it. And that's, that's the name of the game. So it's like, you, you just want to be the best coach. And there's sometimes that, that moment of like, ah, like who would know the right answer? Yeah. As coaches, it can't be about us. Yeah, that's exactly it's it. be about them yeah. and them having the positive experience. So when they do look back, it's, they see everything yep. in a positive way. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I never want to be someone who ruins this sport. For yeah, for sure. And I think, it, a lot of it, like, I'm just fortunate. Like, you had, I had Rovat, I had Ken Bedford, had Doe and Julian. I have good people around me, but it's like, uh, Rovat got inducted in like the Western PA Hall of Fame. And he said something that like really resonated with me. And I try to remember it all the time is he said, Oh, I'm getting, I retired and now I'm getting like recognized for all this success we had. And he's like, All I did was do my job. My job was to prepare the kids and have a good relationship with them and build them up. He's like, I just did what I was supposed to do. And so it's so weird to watch people like praise you for doing your job. And it's like, I think that's like such an old school lost mentality at times. Like I see it with Ben all the time. Ben is like the most humble human being. Like he's coached some pretty incredible freaking athletes. And it's like, yeah, they're good. They're talented. They would have his, his go-to is like, they would have been good whether I coached them or not. They would. They're talented. (laughs) I stand by them. That's when it gets um, dangerous. And like, I use dangerous as like a positive word too. Cause like, if you're just showing up and doing your job and like yeah. all those things are kind of clicking, then it's like, it's not like you're doing the extra work while you're already doing the extra yeah. work. And that's from like yeah. an athlete's perspective too. Yeah. Did, did Zach ever, sh- you'll laugh at this. Cause you know, Zach pretty well, Dylan. Did Zach ever share with you what happened at nationals last year with Luna? No, I don't think so. So it's, it's day one. The girls have one meter and uh, it's a real close meet like Luna and two other girls really close. And Zach keeps running over to me. And I kind of knew how the meet would play out. Like when Ben knows that when you're a coach, you kind of know, like, Hey, if my athlete makes it through this dive game on, like, it's going to be real interesting. And Luna made it through her dives that I'm like, Oh, this is going to be fun. Cause she has really good ones at the end. And Luna had dove really well. She won. Zach runs over to me after Luna wins. He goes, you have a national champion. I'm like, no, your teammate won nationals. Get away from me and go celebrate with them. And he goes, he like does his classic Zach, like, okay bye and then runs away and i'm like dude he was like a little kid like it was so funny but it's like moments like that it's like it's not about me like i'll sit back here in the chair and just let luna soak it all in like that's who it's about it's about the athletes 
Yeah, you. Uh, it's them. It's their accomplishment when they succeed. It is your failure. When yes, they fail. that's, that's it. How I try to look at everything. That's it. That's a. You hit the nail on the head. That's it. I also think it's cool that like when you touch on the like strengths of like teaching each athlete differently. Something that I've seen is like I mean over the course of at least my athletic experience in college, like each year is different, so I have to approach it yeah. differently, right? Hundred percent. As I got better, like over covid and came into like diving and was able to compete with better athletes i'd see how they train and stuff and almost try to mimic it and it would never work because yep. like, you can't mimic someone else like everything's different yeah and like there's this one kid on my team now and he like mentioned like oh like when i'm a senior like when i'm at that point i want to be like as good as you and i say i tell him all the time i'm like you're already better than i was freshman year like i could jump and stuff but i wasn't anything special freshman year or anything like that um and I, I like think about it and I can see at certain points he's trying to like copy how I hold myself or do different things here, which is great. Like it puts him out of his comfort zone, but like at some point you got to take your journey yourself and yeah. kind of figure out how it's going to be able to get you to that. You can't just mimic other people. Yeah. And it's like, take the good that works and get rid of the bad that doesn't. And yeah. like, we talk about that all the time. Like every now and then someone will get a correction and it's like, Hey, why'd that work? Well, you, I thought about it this way. Cool. Keep that in your head and get rid of all the crap that I said that didn't work. Like, just forget about it. And, but then it's like on you as the coach to write that down, note it somewhere and remember this is what clicked for that athlete. The funniest thing is though, cause this happened with Steph coaching me all the time is like, she would be telling me one thing for months, like fix this, fix this. Th and then th like another coach will come over and she'll be like, you coach him. Like, I can't get him to do this. They'll say the same exact thing in the same exact words and it'll fix immediately. It's so funny you say that. <laughs> so um, I, I told Rooney, so we did a rotation practice and I paired my kids up. So I put two per board. We had eight people active during the day. And I put like people that normally don't dive together. And I said, I want you to help each other. I'm still going to coach the workout, but you guys help each other. Dude, it was the best in terms of like most corrections made in a practice. It was amazing. And I'm like, so what's going on? And they're like, it's just nice to hear the same thing from a different voice. And it was yeah. like, and like that practice happened. And we literally, like I told you, Dylan, like we have been on a roll and it's like, that's been really fun when you catch that like momentum and just keep riding the wave. Yeah, for sure. So uh, you talked a little bit earlier about like, you're just doing your job essentially, but uh, now you've got a new job. Um, you're a new father. Um, so how has being a new father impacted your work-life balance um, and your coaching? So uh, full disclosure, I actually re-listened to the one where Aaron interviewed me and he asked me this question. He's like, how's your work-life balance with your fiance? And I'm like, not good. That's what I literally said. I said, not good. Um, what I said when you and, asked me. And uh, honestly, like having a kid is such a game changer. And first and foremost, humongous props to any moms that coach. Katie at Pitt shannon at triad mandy up there at aces like dude they're superheroes like bet like dylan tell katie she's a freaking superhero tomorrow dude i literally just sent her dude. the instagram thing the other day that was like send this to like a mom that's killing it or dude something. like it, i think the way it changed for me is is we we tried to plan to have have our first kids so that way it wasn't like when i was at nationals or something like that and we were fortunate that it worked out that way because it does not for a lot of people and so I got to be home from literally like May. We did a couple weeks of camp throughout there. 
all the way up until like August when the kids came in, which was super cool. And I kind of sat down and I actually kind of stole what Katie had said on her podcast. Um, when we interviewed her, she said how she talks to you guys. And um, she says like, you're going to be around my kids. So you have to be good role models. And I literally said that to them in our like team retreat. I was like, whether you want to be or not, my kid's going to be around you. And my expectation is you will be a good role model. That doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes, but when you're around my kid, like that is the expectation. And that's like, that's a standard that can't deviate negatively at all. Like that's a non-negotiable. Um, so that was kind of like the first step of like, all right, here's a line in the sand. Here's a boundary. But then the next one I kind of told them as my wife and I got like our schedules aligned was we got them into daycare and I have to pick him up on Monday, Wednesdays at four o'clock. Like he gets out of daycare at four. And so like I tell the kids like, hey, practice ends at four on these days, whether you are done or not, that's the end of practice. So my expectation is we're going to work efficiently. We're going to get our workouts done. And it's helped me a lot. Like I'm not saying I still don't struggle. My wife would tell you I still suck at certain things for sure. Um, but it's really nice. Like I've done a pretty good job of like when I get home, I do my best to put my phone down. That's probably my biggest like struggle I have at times, whether it's scrolling through Instagram, TikTok, texting recruits, whatever, texting you guys about stupid stuff that really does not matter. Um, that's probably my biggest like weakness with it. But as far as the balance with coaching, it's made coaching a lot more fun because I view it as like this finite amount of time in the day where I don't worry about like, my kid i don't worry about like home life like i'm just worrying about coaching these particular athletes i have in front of me to the best of my ability to help them but i'll tell you what it's it's a game changer but my athletes make it a lot easier i have a freaking rock star wife who does an awesome job being a mom and that's why i say like dylan tell her every day that she's a superstar dude it's cool it's cool for us too because she'll bring her kids like on a saturday or something or like one of my best friends um, from undergrad, the um, Meredith Gould, she was the other senior that was with me. Um, oh, okay, yeah. She was a diver too. She like babysits for them on Saturdays or like mm -hmm. Fridays and stuff. And like, you can tell that like kind of with your thing about like, she wants us to be role models. Like she's not yeah. afraid to bring her outside life into like practice and be like open with that too, which makes it easier yeah. for us if she's having a bad day or like, didn't get much sleep with two kids and a dog and a crazy busy life and all of them. Yeah. It kind well, of puts it in perspective for us too. Well, I think, and maybe Ben would know a little bit more about this. So God, this would I have been, have kids. well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I know you that you know of, That's but, true. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so didn't USA diving make a rule a couple years back about like no your kids can't be on the pool deck or something like that like if you're a parent your kids can't be on the pool deck when you're coaching something like that right um i remember i think it was actually um either drew or jenny posting mm -hmm. something on yes. facebook a while yes. ago about some that was a long time ago or something along those lines but i also know that like individual pools um are gonna have rules about that so i know at yeah. the greensboro aquatic center um shannon's youngest um who's not a diver um, needs to have a valid AAU or USA membership to be on deck as an insurance issue. Right. Um, even if he's just literally sitting in the corner um, on an iPad or reading a book or doing his homework, and he has to have a valid membership to set foot on that deck. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it was USA diving. I don't remember if it was. Yeah. What What's, it was, but there was definitely there was definitely some drama about that. Um, well, I, I I find it interesting because 
you think like if that was a USA diving role or whoever made that role, like it definitely kind of alienates moms from coaching. It makes it a lot harder. But then I heard a very interesting perspective of it on the flip side of, well, diving coaches want to make more money, more full-time jobs, more jobs, like stuff like that. And it's like, well, can you take your kid? If you're a teacher, can you take your son or daughter to work when you're teaching in front of class? I'm like, no. And they're like, so you have to treat it as such. But you sit back and you look at so many parents that kill it. Like, and I didn't even learn. I asked Rovat, like when we had Finley, I'm like, how did you do this? He had two young kids. I'm like, how did you do this with two young kids? Like they didn't make, he didn't make them a lot of money at that time. He's like, dude, I looked at our AD and said, there's going to be a crib on the pool deck and they're going to be sitting here while I coach. And he's like, I brought them to work every day. Otherwise I couldn't coach. And it's like, like, it just, it blows my mind. Like Katie has two little ones right now, right? Dylan, two little ones. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you, I don't know how they do it. Rock stars. It's cool too though. Cause Katie like is a very influential person on our team. I'd say like for swimmers and especially the girls right. too. Like they look yeah. up to so like when she comes, like she's not watching over them. She has a swimmer watch That's over cool. them every time. Yeah. But like we still see them. We still interact with them. Like she'll, she'll bring them to like team activities and stuff. And we'll say hi. And I mean, just to have them growing up in that environment has got to be pretty cool. Um, yeah, for like sure. The environment that you're cultivating as a coach yeah. is also the environment that your kids get to grow up and they get to see yeah. that. So that's got to be pretty cool. Man, it's like, if you genuinely love what you do, like there's no one in the world I would rather let, like have my kids watch growing up when it's like, you're watching someone that's truly passionate and loves what they do, do what they love. And it's like, look, I showed you as a role model your whole life growing up, just do what you love to do and you'll be successful and you'll figure out a way to make it work. So, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Ben. Yeah. Now kind of changing gears a little bit. So um, now that you're coaching a, a little bit of club as well as a uh, college, what do you notice the biggest differences between coaching college age athletes um, and a little bit of the younger athletes? Patience. Oh yeah. Like I am not the most patient human being at, at times, I think it's just I'm so used to with the college kids. You work with kids that make a decision to continue diving in college. They want to work towards a goal, typically, not all of them. And so you just help them work towards that goal where a lot of times, at least it, we like we have a very, very small number. It's like our little kids, like it's kind of babysitting. And it's like, all right, well, and I just don't have the patience sometimes. Like my wife does the little, little ones. I have one girl in our like group that's about to go to high school and she's awesome. She's a machine. She shows up. We do our lineups. We do our tuck jumps, our straight jumps, our pike jumps. We literally just go through like the basics and she is like programmed to do it. And I'm like, this is great. Like she does everything I ask. She makes the corrections. And then every now and then Sarah will throw me a curveball and be like, Hey, I want to stay home with Finn tonight. Can you coach my lesson? And I'll be like, yeah. And then I go and it's like, it's like herding cats. Oh, it's so I make the, <laughs> the joke to, to Mandy all the time. So we have, a bunch of groups we have uh we call it the white team um and it's like six to nine year olds um they all have like a dance or gymnastics or some kind of background um but it's an hour long and it is by far the most exhausting hour of my week every Agreed. week like i look like i just like came home from war when i'm done with that group. Like, it was so exhausting you guys know me like i'm a pretty straight shooter like <laughs> yeah. having to keep a high energy level and and trying to make sure that they're having fun while also being productive is so hard. Oh uh, yeah. Like I can't even fathom like, like we coach three or four little ones and I'm like, I go home and I'm like, Sarah, how do you deal with that? And she's like, get creative, play games. And I'm like, well, you can't play games. And I'm like, like, I'm like, you can't play games all the time. You got to make them do their front jumps tuck. She's like, Heath, they don't give a crap about front jumps tuck. And I'm like, well then don't coach them. 
She's like, that's not how this works. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's tough. Like you, it's you so hard. And I'm like, oh man. But uh, it it I it lets me know I'm in the right spot. Like I love coaching college. And I like coaching kids when they're motivated. Like if you give me an 11 year old that wants to get better, it's no different than a college kid to me. But like when I get the eight year olds that just want to throw a racquetball around, like our dryland room is in a racquetball room. And then there's a racquetball room adjacent. Can I go throw the racquetball off the wall? Yeah, go ahead. That's your warm up. Go ahead. That'll work. Like it's like, but like sometimes that's what it is. Like figure out a game to just play with them and try to teach them something. Yeah. Make sure they want to come back. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. So switching, switching speeds a little bit over the past couple of podcasts um, and just conversations that we've, we've had in a uh, different text message threads and stuff. Uh, you've briefly, briefly talked about like USA diving or the NCA here and there um, and how they could be better in the future. So if they could change one thing right now, what would they change and why? And you're not allowed to comment on um, commentating. Oh, I don't care about commentating. I think I suck at commentating, so I don't want to commentate. Um, not, I, I think, not, not necessarily something that you would want to do, but like something uh, just change in general. I think Aaron and I have beat this drum like to all ends. Like it's education, like for USA diving coaches, education. I, I think that that would be awesome. Like I was trying to think of how to word it, like, and make it similar to another sport. And it's like, my mind is like you look at all the NFL teams that run a 4-3 defense and it's like they all have the same base. Like they're all working from the same starting point and it's like, hey, this is kind of the rules for how this defense works. And it's like I think if we gave some form of base to all the USA coaches of like, hey, this is the end goal that we want. This is where we're starting. Like find where your kid's kind of at along the way and and coaches have the freedom to be creative within that. We've talked about that like at nauseum coaches education. And honestly, like Aaron's trying to do that a little bit with his YouTube little um, series he's doing where he's going to kind of do some dive analysis, um, which I think is great. Like, you know, it was funny. Aaron actually had pitched that idea. What Aaron probably like for the last year, multiple times, like, Hey, let's jump on and let's like break down a dive. And I'm like, dude, you're nuts. People already don't like listening to us and they're super critical of us. You're going to critique a dive and they're going to literally comment and be like, this guy's going to kill this kid. <laughs> and <laughs> and he just finally was like, I don't really care. You know what? Like you're teaching me, like I got to just kind of do this. And, and I think that's great. You know, I think we have some ideas up our sleeve for how to hopefully bring some more education. Um, and that's been the goal of this podcast. Like it might not be the best form of education, but it's at least something like we're trying something. And that's what I maybe would like to, maybe it boils down to that, like trying different things and like where the, the community can see like your heart's in the right place, your head's in the right place of like, we're trying to do this. This is why we're doing this. Hey, we raised the price X amount for this event, but here's where the money's going to go. This is why we raised the price. And I think if you can explain the why to anyone, they might not agree with the why, but at least it's like, I understand what you're doing. And that's like, we do that in, in our practices. If I tell a kid to do a drill, the college kids have every right to say, why am I doing this? And if I can't justify it, I will not make them do it. I will change. I'll be like, you do not have to do it. If I can't tell you why, that means I can't tell you why it's important. And I think that's what I would like to see from USA diving. Um, I think NCAA diving, I think to be pretty blunt, like I've seen what the division three level does. I think they do a really good job with, with the division three model. I think division one works pretty well. I don't think the, the divers probably like being at an event with, you know, 70 girls running through a one meter list, but um, it's better than the division two alternative with the pre-qualification meet. 
And I know that that's the best option for division two right now. I'd love to see zones in division two. And I really want this team event to take off. I think the team event is like a really fun idea. Like, you know, the way I has talked about it in terms of like, it's the one time you get to see like the pit diving team finish third in America. Like that's cool. Like it, there's no name. Like, you know, if you're on the team or not, but it's like the pit team won the team national title for diving. Like, that's really cool to be able to say. Um, so I want to see that take off. I really want to get behind that. And I just, I just think that's about it. I mean, honestly, just like the effort, like explaining to people what you're doing, why you're trying to do it. And I think you'll see more coaches, more athletes. You'll see people be way less critical. Like you might not agree with it, but at least you can say, Oh, they raised the membership for coaches to this much, but we're going to get an online learning platform. Okay. Like that makes sense. So that would be my big critique for the organizations themselves. Yeah, I think it's important. Like, there's not a world where everyone's going to be happy about every decision. For like, sure. We talked about, like, give them the framework. Um, like, these are, like, the quote-unquote rules. Yep. Um, they, I mean, they tried to do that in USA Dive. Like, they made right. all the 11-unders do all their balls and tuck. Right, right. They capped with the DDs that they could do on each board. Um, and people, some people loved it. Um, yep. Some people absolutely hated it. Um, but they did give justifications of why. Like, hey, like, if they can't do these skills well, they shouldn't be doing yeah, the better skills and the people's argument against that was well, like I should know that. Um, like if I'm a decent coach, like I know that already. Um, like no matter what, people are going to be upset. Um, For but sure. Like you said just like letting them know why is huge. Um, yeah. Giving them that justification. Yeah, I mean, even like the podcast, like there wasn't really anything before it, so why not like try it out? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one's really posting videos on YouTube critiquing other people's dive, it, diving for seven minutes, like. You can't really knock it until like you're doing it. Like yep. you know what I mean? Like no, sure. yeah. Like, we'll try, see what happens. If people don't like it, they're not the ones doing it. So unless yep. they're doing it too and don't like it, they can't really just be like, oh, like that's stupid. Yeah, I think you killed it there, Dylan, with that. Like I still remember early on in the podcast, someone had messaged me and was like, Oh, you guys should do this, 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 this better. And I said, Hey, listen, we have two full-time jobs. If you want to do one, we will actually listen to it and we'll be super excited. There's another one. But it's like, just wait until you figure out you have to edit it upload it cut it do all this stuff now you got to figure out a way to make a graphic to try to do some type of promotion it's like it's there are days it sucks where rooney will be like hey you didn't post the podcast and i'm like crap it's four o'clock i need to get this out yeah, i mean even like i mean dylan and i jo like joked about it after last week but this is not easy um it's, like, fun, people think that it, it's fun it's fun <laughs> but like having to go up there and, and and keep the conversation going make it seem natural um and not make it about yourselves like that's what we were talking about before we actually started yeah it's not easy to do so like, people are if they're critical like i i challenge you to try it um, yeah you'll be surprised yeah it's fun it's fun though it's fun learning it it's definitely it's more crash and burn style learning though i think rooney would second that <laughs> it's not all that different than diving there's been a lot of crashing and a lot of burning and like some successes along the way but the successes are way more fun yeah all right what's something uh that you wish everyone understood about you that sometimes might be misunderstood or uh like biggest misconception about you uh that's a tough one because i don't really know people's pers that's a tough one because like this is gonna this is gonna sound bad i don't really care what people's perception of me is right, that's not bad at all like i mean i just i like i i just don't care the people that i'm close with there are very few people in this world that i would be like i'm close with like I can probably count them on two hands, the people that I actually still talk to on a daily or like couple on a weekly basis. And so for me, like if someone's really critical of me, it's like, well, 
I try my best not to judge a ton of people unless it's something that's pretty obvious to like be judgmental on, which is probably still not right. But I just like, I don't care what people think like at the end of the day, like I know I'm trying to do the best I can do every single day, whether that's being the best dad, the best husband, the best coach, the best person. Like there's days where I'm like, man, I just haven't done something nice for someone. And I'll just compliment someone. Like I'll see him and I'll be like, Oh, nice shirt. Like I might not like the shirt. I'm just going to say it just to like put some good stuff out there in the world. But like, I don't know. I just Fishing think like, karma. yeah. Right. Like, but I, no, I just I mean, think that's it. Like, I just, I don't, at the end of the day, if you don't know that I'm trying to do my best, like that's a you pro or what do you say, Rooney? What do you call it now? Sorry. I had to unmute. Uh, it is an issue, not an ish me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's not my problem to figure out, like I'm doing my best and at the end of the day, if I can do my best by like in this order, like my wife, my son, my family, my athletes, and then my friends, like everyone else after that is just kind of like, I want to do right and hopefully make a positive impact. But if you don't like me, that's, that's okay. I'm 31 years old. I've accepted if I don't make friends at this point in my life, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, you said it when you interviewed me and like you text it to me all the time, just be unapolog unapologetic. Yeah. Yourself. Like, yes, that's it. Yeah. Um, so we asked this question to Aaron, so I'm sure it's going to end up being a, a pretty similar answer, but uh, what made you want to start a diving podcast and how has the podcast changed your coaching and where do you hope the podcast goes in the future? Well, first, I didn't want to start a diving podcast. Rooney wanted to start a diving podcast and I was the person he asked to do it with. So this You're all the is, sucker. This is 100% like this is Rooney's baby and I'm just happy that he wanted me, he invited me to be along for the ride. Like I'm not taking any credit for the conception of this idea maybe along the way i've come up with a few good ideas but this was 100 percent rooney's idea and i'm just grateful that like he thought of me to want to do this with um how has it changed me or my coaching i think it just opened up doors that were not previously open in terms of like networking in terms of friendships and, and honestly like i would tell you the friendships along the way of people we've met and like, I genuinely can call friends now is actually probably the biggest benefit. Um, you know, it's nice to be able to talk diving with people. It's way more fun. Like when you're moving, Ben, like talking to you about your move, how you're excited, stuff like that. Like, excuse me, talking to Dylan, you know, about what he's looking forward to in the next like three to five years. Like that stuff's actually way more fun than like just talking diving to be pretty blunt. Um, where do I see it taking us in the future? I'm really hoping it takes us to LA 2028. That's, that'd be like, that'd be like the big goal. Like I think four years from now, if we could be in, yeah. Like I think if we could be in LA in some capacity, well, I could, I, okay. Rooney and I will be in LA in 2028. It's just a matter of if we get to help with it or if we're just weirdos in the stands 24 hours a day <laughs> commentating on diving, like, you know? Um, so I think being able to, give back and help in any capacity would be really cool. But honestly, I just hope it maybe takes a step in the direction of whether it's the YouTube channel, whether it's just getting bigger guests. I just hope it opens up more doors for others. I really do hope it's like, you know, I know that we've used that with you, Dylan, like I've gotten you in touch with some of my athletes. It sounds like kind of Rooney's done the same thing. And I think that's cooler than just Rooney and I making friendships and making connections is like, Hey, this is now benefiting like my athletes and hopefully the athletes I have in the future. And I think that's a, a pretty cool thing to get to give back to the community in that way. It benefits me too. Like good Jack, Jack like I've met Jack over the, yeah. uh, and yep. he's going through some, some 
like not so much yeah. like some medical things right now and i am yep. too yep. it's like we've been talking texting just like checking in and it helps like, i already texted him like earlier today like dude it's kind of cool like it's not cool that we're both like dealing with some medical problems but it's kind of cool <laughs> that we're both dealing at the exact same time yeah it gives you like, someone to just like yeah hope hopefully be positive but if you if it's needed be just kind of miserable with for a minute like and just yeah, complain yeah. like and it's okay yeah like, it's awesome yep yep agreed uh next one is uh who are some of the people that you looked up to when you were a diver um some divers that inspired you and then who do you look up to most now with coaching all right i'm gonna try not to give the same answers as rooney that's my goal um i think like first and foremost was definitely my high school coach like looking up to as a diver like fortunate to have like three-time national champ at that stage i was full i think he was 32 when i was 14 so like it was more of like a stretch of an older brother figure maybe a younger father figure but um like i looked up to him a lot like he shared a lot of stories i've always been really big on like if you give me a good story i'll really just like bite into it and appreciate it um honestly i'd be lying like if i didn't say like sam pickens connor karemski um, another name, JB Collad, like he started diving super late. Um, and he became like a super freak, like dove at UVA, made Olympic trials. He was super, super freaking good. Um, but I think like people like that, like, and I think the things I, I wish I would have taken from them earlier in my career is like their work ethic, like Connor and Sam, like ultra talented divers, but holy crap, they were freaking machines at practice. Like, and I, there were like things like I actually used to give Connor rides to the pool like I'd pick him up on the way to pit and like, we'd pick him up and he would do his homework in the back seat. And I'm like sitting there like, ah, oh, just listening to music or playing on my phone. And it's like, dude, look at this kid, like working on his homework. Then he's going to go dive for two, two and a half hours. Then we're going to drive home. He's going to do more homework. And I'm like, dude, I didn't do my homework for like last week until two weeks from now. Like, <laughs> so I, I think like those things, I think as far as like high level divers, I mentioned him on the podcast, Aaron interviewed me. Uh, I loved watching Alexander de Petit dive. Like he's someone I really liked watching dive. I think everybody has stumbled across Chris Colwell's videos online. Um, Aaron mentioned, uh, what was his name? Uh, Mark. His last name. Mark Carlton. Carlton. Like I like those videos. Um, as far as coaches, I think like there's the obvious answers, but I would honestly tell you, I, and even before we talked about this after Rooney's answer, I would tell you, I have immense respect for Rooney coaching high school, like seeing him grind with just like some kids that are talented, some kids that maybe aren't as talented, Ben working with freaking little kids all the way up to super studs. Like I look at them, I'm obviously like Rovat, like Jenks, like, I think there's a lot to be said for coaches that find their place and stay there. I have immense respect for like Rovat, Jenks, Matt Scoggins, like Randy, these coaches that have found their place and they're like, I'm never leaving. Like, this is my place till I retire. And I think that in the world we live in today, it's always like, when can I leave for the next best thing? And I think there are times that you need to go because it does benefit you, your family, and your future. And just it, you have to make those decisions. I have the ongoing joke with my athletes. The only reason I'll ever leave Clarion, one, is if the school shuts down, which I can't ever see that happening. And the other one is if someone's going to pay me so much money that Sarah would never have to work a day in her life. And it's like, I hope you guys understand, like, that's not because I want to leave Clarion. That's because if Sarah finds out someone's going to pay me that much money and I say no, she'll kill me. 
I'll be buried in the backyard. So it's like, I have a lot of respect for those coaches that find where their success is. And they're like, okay, I'm going to build something special here. Um, no, I mean, I think like we, we just have a lot of people that like we look up to trying not to copy Rooney's answers. Like John's been a great mentor to us ever since he invited us, which Rooney, it's kind of wild. Last time you interviewed me was right before we went to Moss farms for the first time, which I thought was really cool to hear how that has like transpired over the last 18 months. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anyone that's like off kilter, obviously my high school coach, but yeah, like, I mean, I talked to anyone who's just like grinding. Like I have a lot of respect for that. Cause it's hard. Like, I don't know how Ben does what he does, like coaches the amount he does. And then he comes to Akron. Like why? Because one of his divers is going to dive for us at Akron invite. So he makes the drive just to come watch one of his old divers and hang out. It's like, dude, you know, you don't have to do this. It's like, it's just, I don't know. I have a lot of respect for that. And he's like, Oh yeah, I was just uh, watching video. And I'm like, you know, you don't have, like, he's like, I watch video every second I can. And I'm like, dude, like hats off to you guys who keep grinding and doing that. It's hard. So. All right. Switching it over to the diver side of things. Who's your top ranked diver in the U S and who's your favorite diver to watch in the U S. All right. My top ranked diver actually is I do think it's Carson Tyler. I think if I have to send someone to dive on one meter, three meter and tower, I'm sending Carson Tyler. I think Andrew would be up there. I think Tyler Downs would be up there, but Carson Tyler would be the number one person that I would want to send um, on the men's side, on the women's side. I think it's Delaney Schnell. I think we've been over that enough. I don't think we need to beat a dead horse there. Um, favorite divers to watch. I mean, my favorite diver is Bailey, like men or women Bailey, like even with you here, Ben, like it's been like that forever. Like Bailey is my favorite U S diver to watch. It might be fun. It might not be fun, but it's going to be fun to watch regardless. Um, and I just have like she I just like that she pushes things on the men's side. Like it's hard not, not to just like love watch Carson diving. Like I think he's a really good blend of like pushing the boundaries, but also like being super, super, super clean and just very graceful. Yeah, you know, Andrew's doing a lot of good stuff. I like watching Alan Botego dive. I like watching like really powerful divers that just throw some big stuff. Dylan's kind of okay to watch dive. He's a little too like graceful for me. Like he needs a little more power. Can't do no. that. <laughs> No, honestly, Dylan, you're fun to watch dive. Like, cause you're a different body style than a lot of other divers. Like you are very fun to watch dive, whether you like, think that's just me like tooting your horn or not. Like you're fun to watch dive, dude. No, I got um, to, to coach him like really, really briefly when he was in Ohio and it was, I mean, we had fun, Like it was yeah. like legitimately a good time. So I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. One dive, I will say that like lives rent free in my head and it's going to throw you off. And I think Ben might be the only person that was there to see it potentially. One dive that lives rent-free in my head, and ever since then I've liked talking to this person, is Kylie Flory's front three-and-a-half tuck at Junior Nationals in Indianapolis when they almost failed it. And they came down on the corner of the board. Their knees kind of buckled. They throw front three-and-a-half tuck and didn't fail it. And I was like, holy crap, how the heck does that happen? And I'm sitting next to Steph. And I, and I think I remember saying, like, Steph, how's this going to go? And she said, well, they're either going to crush this dive or it's going to be fun to watch. And I'm like, all right. So um, I just like people that push it. So those are the people I like watching dive. That's who I think is the top right now. What do you want to be known for? You kind of touched about it being unapologetically yourself. but Yeah, I think that. I think to my athletes, I want to be known for somebody that contributed to four of the best years of their life. We talked about it a little bit with Rooney. 
which still too might like I talked about it to Sarah. Can't believe he would only give up a month of his life to like go back and do it again. Like I know how much fun I had, how I look back at that time. And I'm like, it's cool to get to know you get to be a part of the, those four years for a student athlete. So I think that, but I think more importantly, I'm like really hoping I can be known for being like a good husband and a good dad. I think if I do those two things, everything else will kind of like, I mean, sounds bad. Everything else really doesn't matter. Like, guess what? Like I can find a job if I suck, suck ass at coaching. Like I can find another job. Like I have enough degrees now that if I can't find another job, I'm in trouble. Like I think I'm a decent coach that like does a good job. But I think at the end of the day, if I can be a good dad, a good husband, that would be much better than anything else. Awesome. Some signature questions, another little rapid fire towards the end. What's your favorite failure slash best opportunity for growth that you've experienced? So we we answered this um, before, and I talked about Rooney's teammate beating me. I think if I was going to give a different answer, I definitely would say my athlete that hit the board. Um, that was like, I mean, like, I don't think as a coach I'll ever experience anything that feels like that just feels like not even failure. I don't even know what's like worse than failure. It's, like, it's a terrible thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, there's nothing, I can't even articulate what it feels like, but you know what? Like it forced me to be way more accountable of like trying to find any tiny little thing that can put them in danger and like cut, like nip it in the bud right, right away. It led me to another master's degree, which like you can't complain about getting education. So I'm happy that I got that. Um, but yeah, I think that that just like, remembering those things that happen and it's like don't let it happen again now does that mean it won't ever happen again it doesn't and i'm not naive as to that like accidents happen but it's like i'm gonna do everything in my power so that way if anything ever does happen it is just that it's an accident it's not something that we see as a coach that we allow to take place and reinforce a bad habit and then it's not an accident like then it's a habit that you led to and i don't want to be part of the process of that happening yeah what's something you're doing to improve I think this podcast, I think every week I, I learned something. I got a notebook full of notes here. And I think this podcast would probably be that it would be education. Um, I think something I need to do to improve would probably be trying to figure out how to be on my phone less when I'm home. That's what I got to figure out. So that's the goal. Dude, my weekly average screen time last week was nine, like nine hours and 40 minutes. Oh God, <laughs> that's, that's per day, right? Yeah. And just, just, just to like make things clear, I'm not in school right now. I haven't been going into work as much as I probably could be. Like I've been sitting around, which to an extent, like, I feel like I kind of deserve it, but it's also not healthy whatsoever. So good. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good job. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you want to touch on the, what's your, why you kind of already did a good amount, but I just love it. I genuinely yeah. just love it. I love doing what I do. Awesome. Um, spirit animal. What's your spirit animal? Oh, I didn't think about this one. And I can't remember what I said when Katie asked us, yeah. but I always go back to like a boxer. Like I've always had boxers my whole life and they're like big doofy dogs. And like, that's kind of like, like I view it as like, I'm very protective over the few people that I like care about in my life, but like pretty much for everything else, I'm just going to love life and what I'm doing. <laughs> no, boxers are great. Uh, what is your favorite drill? Favorite drill. I I do like two bounce drill. Lately, it's been standing. Standing with like arms up, no swing. That's been like my go-to lately, and it's helped a lot. It's helped a lot, a lot, a lot. 
So yeah, standing arms up, no swing is what what we're on right now that I like. Or or I could say this: any drill that our guests give, because I make Zach do them every time. Poor guy. Oh yeah, like Sarah Bacon goes. My least favorite drill is three o three a Zach the next day two three o three a's on three meter. Oh. Best advice given or received. Best, I ooh. That's a tough question. It's tough because, like, I forget what I said last time with best advice given or received. Honestly, the big well, it's not like advice. A quote that I like it's been stuck in my head. There's been two quotes that have been stuck in my head, and I'll probably get them wrong because that's how stuck in my head they've been. Is one I gave to the athletes during winter training, like day three or day four. It was, it's not what a person says they'll do; it's what they do in the end that they intended to do all along. And it's like, I liked that one because it's like, oh, how many, I mean, Ben, you know it, Dylan, you know it, Aaron, you have a bunch of people that come to you and it's like, this is my goal. And then you just watch their daily habits never lead to a chance to even have that goal. When it's like, yeah, you didn't actually, yeah. It's like, you didn't have that goal. Like you didn't, there's no way you had that goal. And then um, it's another one. It comes up on TikTok all the time. It's uh, what is it? It's the magic you're searching for is on the other side of the work you're avoiding. And I'm like, oh, like, that's so true. Like any hard goal any of us have ever had, you had to do stuff you didn't want to do to get there. Like, that's just the reality of it. And it's like, if you avoid that stuff, I mean, you can look through any Nick Saban stuff, any of his stuff re- recently that's been on my timeline. He gives good advice as a coach. Smart guy. Super smart guy. Um, so the next one is, who would your dream interview be? So if language wasn't an issue, if you could have anyone in the diving world on, who would it be? Dream interview. I think my stupid answer would be Dave Rovac because it's hard to get him on this interview because his internet doesn't work at his house. And I would love to like (laughs) actually pick his brain and try to figure out some stuff. Uh, I think like like diving world for like what our listeners, I think uh, Guo Jin Jin, I think she would be like the dream interview of like, that would be awesome to literally hear like, in my opinion, the greatest female diver of all time, just give us feedback or or anyone from China. I actually think a dream interview would be like anyone from China that would, that is willing or allowed to give insight into how they actually do things. Cause I think, cause correct me if I'm wrong, but we've had coaches that have been able to go to China, but they're always, there has to always be some mental approach. We have, we have coaches that are from China. Right. And there has to like be some type of approach of anytime we send coaches from here to there of like, are they really showing us everything? Like, I'm I'm sure they aren't. Right. And so I think like any, if you could have like, if you could have the veil lifted and an interview one person, even if it was a time limit, like you got 30 minutes, you can only, you can ask whatever you want for 30 minutes. Go. I think that'd be an awesome interview. Dude, not to go back, but Guo Jingjing was uh, she was on the judging panel for this mm-hmm. most recent World Championships too. I think I texted uh, Ted Hata. He was on deck. I'm like, man, how cool would it be to dive in front of her? Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. She's probably the low judge on everything. <laughs> now, I think that, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, there was some drama surrounding here actually. Oh, oh really? really? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Drama like she could compete and still beat everybody. I think it was. I don't. I don't want to. No, you're good. You're venture good. and guess and guess wrong and make it sound worse than it really was. I, nope, I could be completely good. wrong. You're good. Um, so what question um, aren't you guys asking that you should be or that you wish you could and haven't? All right. I will like peel back the curtain a little. 
we have had guests where I wish Aaron and I were comfortable enough that, you know, I say, I don't care what people think. We've had guests where Aaron and I get off and I'm like, man, I would love to ask them this, but I know I can't. So it's like, I would like to ask those questions that you would ask person to person and not broadcast. Right. That's to right. like, to like, like Lee, I think Lee's a very obvious one. The president of USA diving, like there are questions that probably every coach in America would love to ask Lee, but they're not going to ask on air. There are questions that we would like to ask certain athletes about their situations, other situations, whatever it may be. Um, so I think it's more like, it sounds bad, but it's like the questions we aren't asking that we should be are the ones we can't right now. Yeah. That's I mean. That's, that's fair. Like there are and, things that you can ask, but you're not going to get a, a real answer because we know, Hey, this is going to end up on Instagram and all five yep. of your viewers are going to see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I think that's also like, that's that line Aaron and I try to play on is like, cause we do want to be like asking the questions that can help people. And I think sometimes if you ask those questions, you end up hurting. We don't want to hurt the community, I guess is maybe how I would think about it. And it's like, I know this is a valuable resource for the diving community. And therefore, like, if you ask some of those questions that I don't think Aaron and I are in the minority and wanting to ask those, I think we're in the majority. Um, it could put you in a situation where people don't listen and yeah. And it's like, I don't really care if we're divisive. Like there are certain things Aaron and I will get on this podcast when we talk to each other and I'm like, Hey, like I have to pick something different than you, or you got to pick something different than me. Otherwise it's kind of boring if we just consistently just, just pump up Carson and Bailey. I mean, Aaron really doesn't like Bailey. Stop. Like, no, I'm kidding. That's a joke. Oh, now that, I'm gonna have to hear is, about that again. That is, ba- Bailey, that 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 is a joke, Bailey. Aaron is on Team <laughs> Bailey now. You have converted him with your 207, 307, and your toe point now. So, but no, um, I think that that's all fair. Is like you you can't ask certain questions, like things that are are problems within the yep. community that are kind of unspoken problems. Um, you the, can't ask them on air, but like they're still. I think the problem is still though, issues. Like, they still need to be talked about. And I think that's the problem in my head. And like when I talk with Rooney and even you guys, like there are issues in the community that we don't want to bring up because it's just going to cause problems. But if no one ever brings them up, they're going to continue to be issues. (laughs) So it's such a catch 22, but um, yeah, I think that's it. It has to be approached in the right way. Yeah. And I think that, and I think it's not on a podcast. Probably not. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, you guys have anything else for the people? I no, got just, just uh, I got questions for you. Oh God. I oh. want you just to talk about what was it like preparing to do this for the last two weeks and then doing it. Like, what were the uh, that's, challenges that's for you guys? About anyway. Yeah, go ahead. Um, it's like I said, it's it's not easy. Um, so like people can joke all, as much as they want, um, saying that this is an easy thing to do, but to to keep everything moving, to to plan ahead, um, to make sure you're asking questions that make sense. Um, like I said, we know we, we had some duplicate questions between the two weeks and things that they had already answered. Um, but it's not easy. Um, so I can give you guys credit for doing this week after week, um, reaching out to people, having them come on, keeping things um, as unique as you can week to week. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I'd just say, like, the whole conversation aspect to it, like, yeah. trying to make it feel like you're not talking about yourself, but, like, also connecting with the person, like, I mean, you guys have done a solid amount of podcasts. And I think this one honestly went a lot better than the one with Aaron. Like a lot less pauses, a lot easier transition, just because we had that behind our back, I guess. But even with 
errands last week i feel like i was more nervous for this one but this one was like a lot easier and that's not just because mm-hmm. it's like not Aaron. that's just like you know i i had like the hour last week to kind of think about it and think about what i did wrong or like what i wanted to do or change and stuff so yeah and, and i think aaron would like echo that like it's always that like give and take and it's like figuring out and like there are some episodes where Aaron and I get off. We always call each other. We're like, all right, that was a good one. And then there's some where like, dang, we just fumbled. Like we were just stepping on each other's toes. And I think you said you talked to someone, Rooney, and they were like, wow, they got way better at this after like almost a hundred episodes. It's like, yeah. well, I certainly hope so. Well, I will say too, like I like Ben and I kind of know you too, to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like that makes it easy. Like I know yeah, having to do it to someone that I've never met would be, I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, so like when Jen or when Katie told you guys to interview Jen, um, yeah, or whatever, like they're yeah. best friends, they're best friends. So Katie had like all the questions she would have asked, and like I was talking to her, and she's like, I just wish like they knew her because, like, yeah, like I know every single thing that she's done and how big of an impact she's had, but like they don't, so it's hard yeah. to know which questions to ask when you don't know. So, like, and, and, if, yep, go ahead, keep going. Was, Sorry. Like, if I didn't know you guys, like it would have totally changed the whole aspect of. Yeah. I, th- I think you hit it right there. Like that's uh, so just for our listeners. So they don't know this because Rooney won't put me on blast, but I'll put myself on blast. So like I said, kind of earlier, like Rooney's the happiest person in the world that I'm done with my degree. Like Rooney's pretty much been like solo, like booking guests running is like helping run his family business, coaching his like his divers. And like, I was just like burned out so much that I'm like, all right, like I'll, I'll try to do more. I'll try to do more. And that was like two months of that. And then uh, a couple of weeks back, I just finally like was recharged and ready to go. And I'm going to just kind of run through some of our upcoming guests. So that way, if our listeners have questions. Um, so like next week we have Ryan Fagan, a former IU diver, Dylan, one of Dylan's recommendations. Oh yeah. Um, we're still waiting. We got to confirm this one, but we're pretty sure we're also going to have a Ronza on. Um, this gentleman, Mark Seguin, is that how you say his name, Rooney? Seguin? Yeah, he's got a website here in Minnesota called Minnesota Swim and Vibe, and he just, like, connects the club scene to the high school scene to the college scene for everything swimming and diving in our entire state, and it's pretty dang cool. Cool. Uh, Kylie Flory, Connor Guessing, Christo Law, Paul Matthews, Ella Rosselli, Carson Paul, Maha Amir, and Chiara Pelicani. I hope I got that right. Um, those are all coming up. I mean, and we're still kind of filling it, but I think you hit it, Dylan. Like that's one of the next steps is for these outlines, maybe trying to reach out to people and be like, Hey, what kind of questions would you want to ask this person? Maybe even putting stuff up the beginning of the week, like to the, to Instagram, be like, Hey, do you have any questions for this person? Uh, we might get some really good ones from that might get some really bad ones, but we'll get some really good ones. Um, so one thing I did want to touch on, um, and Rooney, I think has kind of heard about this. Um, there's something going on in Western PA, Northwestern PA, um, at a school called Gannon. So Gannon has diving. They're in the PSAC as well. Um, we are, I'm working to try to get an article by their divers. Um, and we'll get more information. We might have them on for a podcast, like if they want to come on or we'll get this article out, but we might be actually for the first time coming to the diving community to ask for some help. So it's the most bizarre thing ever. They're not cutting their program. They were told we're not cutting our diving program but we're not letting the coach recruit or add walk-on divers to the team. So you're discontinuing the program, but you're not cutting the program. It's super weird. I don't have any other details besides that's what I've been told by two people. So I feel comfortable to say like, 
that the information they were given, like I kind of verified it with two separate people. Um, they have a meeting coming up this week. Um, and once we get more information, we're going to reach out to the diving community, maybe see if there's anything we can do. Um, have them reach out to the local newspapers, whatever it may be. Cause it's weird. It's not like they're saying they're cutting a program. It's like swimming and diving is still there and they're just not letting a coach do it. So I don't know, but we'll, we'll see if we can do anything to help. Um, but besides that, that's all I have. So thanks for doing cool. this Dylan and, uh, Ben appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Thanks for letting us do it. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he mentioned it earlier, but go check our YouTube channel. Uh, I did one video last week of one of my divers, Kyler, doing a 105B, just kind of going over the judging aspect, the coaching aspect, and then there will be another one up here by the end of the night. Uh, it's another one of my divers, a girl doing a 201B, just, again, giving my insights, what we've been working on, and um, kind of just where that dive is at. So hopefully it's helpful, it's beneficial, it's um, – you know, educational. That's the goal. I'm not the best coach in the world, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best to put myself out there and I would love to see more people do that. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing behind that video series is to inspire somebody better than myself to do it because nobody's doing it and it needs to be happening. So, um, if you're out there listening, hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod. Our email is the diving pod at gmail.com. Um, if you're interested in a team online store or supporting the podcast, just go to divingpod.itemorder.com. We have t-shirts, hats, hoodies for sale there. Just enter dive pod at checkout. That gets you free shipping. Um, thanks again, gentlemen. It was a pleasure as always. And uh, we'll see you next time.